Adam gets even scarier. Aziraphale escapes from heaven. Crowley burns rubber, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse get to work. It's the Good Omens After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now let the buzz. Hey, AfterBuzzers, how you guys doing? We are so excited to be here talking. Episode 5 of Season 1 of Good Omens, entitled The Doomsday Option. I'm Nikki Bailey, and I'm sitting here with my homegirl, Cherry Davis. Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday and Father's Day. Oh, yeah, it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads and dad-esque people out there. Don't forget our Lord and Savior, God, or should I say, she. Yeah, that was a Mother's Day thing. (laughs) I do love that they gave us that, that God's a woman. Okay, but anyway, wait, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, so today we're talking about episode five of season one. It's entitled The Doomsday Option. We have gotten to the point. It is the day of Armageddon. Stuff is happening. And we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about Crowley's car on fire. We're going to talk about Azzy losing his body. We're going to talk about Madam Tracy and Shadwell and the whole nine. Everybody's there. Cherry. I love the episode. Mm-hmm. It went really fast. It was beginning to untie the gift that Neil himself has given us, mm-hmm. and it was a blast to watch. I really enjoyed it. I agree. I like it went by so quickly, and I felt like, oh, but wait, I want more. But it gave me everything. <laughs> like this, this, like they Neil Gaiman. You have to tell this dude. Took bow a down. Book, bow down. Took a book. Got six episodes out of it, jam-packed with amazing stuff. This show is just off the chain. It's probably, I think, my favorite show of the year so far. So well cast. Amazon said, what do you need? And then they just spent that money. money. Every superstar in England is in this bad boy. (laughs) Everybody. From the beginning of the moments when you're watching the opening credits to the end of every episode, it has been perfect. It's just been one of the best television shows and I have to say as far as Amazon since it's still a fairly new network to me. Absolutely. It is flawless. I mean when you're willing to put the money in allow the creator to do what he or she wants you get you a perfect magic. product. Absolute magic. It's amazing. I'm I'm super pleased with this entire series. So let's get into this episode. I mean it starts in the most like moving way. I started with a tear in my eye Crowley gets to Aziraphale's bookstore to see it on fire. He goes in to look for his homie, who's not there, and he cries out, Somebody killed my best friend! You bastards! Did you cry? I was shocked. I didn't know exactly what he was going to do, but I love the way he ran in. It looked like something out of an officer and a gentleman. Right? Where he was like, I'm going to save my best friend, my true love. Here I go. The fireman, he's like, no, do I look like I own a bookstore? Right. What? And I was like, oh, yes. Yes, my demon friend. Yes. Yeah. We all need a demon to be our best friend. Right. When they're a little good, a little bad. Because over the course of the episode, I was reminded, you know, that angel has a little bit of a devil in him. Stealing folks' books. Mm-hmm. That's not very angel-like. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's one of the great things about their relationship is that they complement each other. They've got that whole yin and yang thing going on again. A little bit of evil in the devil. A little bit of you know heaven in the in the in the 
I'm just confusing myself, but you know what I meant. Well, Alec Henning is in the is in the chat, and he said it was really sad about the bookstore. I do too, especially when you think of all those first oh, editions. First editions, <gasps> right? I know. In mint condition, <gasps> no. And I am happy to say, I think we have a newbie in here. Her name is Serena Silvercrest. Hey, Serena. I think both of them are newbies. I don't think I've ever seen them in the chat. So, hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. We're glad you're here with us. So, let's talk about Adam. Adam. Adam is, like, full-on off the rails. Adam's eyes are full-on bright red. He's, in the last episode, silenced his friends, took their mouths away, this episode, he's just crazed, and he himself is not even sure what's going on for him. Like, he's yelling at his best friends, screaming at them that they have to agree with him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And they're, like, terrified. I don't know. Like, I, He took away their voices. He so took away their voices. He's like, say something. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Right, I took, away, I took your voice. away your voices. My bad. But when you come right down to it, he is a child. Yeah. And when you're about 12 years old, your emotions are going all over the place. He didn't hurt them. Right. But, like, a lot of kids, it's like, no, I don't want you going anywhere. I want you to stay and come to my party. Yeah. No, I don't want you to scream. I want you, I'm right. I'm right. Which is sort of like the dynamic of their friendship. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. He was the boss of the group. He was a little yeah. boss. His little second command was little Miss Naughty Seller. Mm-hmm. Who was full of spit and vinegar. Love her. Love her. Me too. It's not about the patriarchy. No. Girl. No. 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 And I have to say, he was being kind of bad, but it wasn't like full demon bad. Like, he could have struck them all down. He really wasn't hurting them. He wasn't. He right. has a basic core of goodness. It's just that when you have, like, a bunch of new toys, you're gonna play with them. And yeah, and he needed them to be quiet. He just didn't know how to do it. You know how, you know, one of the things that I always, I read a lot of young adult fiction, and I'm always annoyed when the young adults get themselves into, when these teenagers or kids get themselves into some kind of trouble, and you're like, Okay, come on. Like, all you had to do was explain that or or sit down and have a conversation about it. But these are adult responses to problems. What these adults young do you kids, know? Right, I know. I know, many. <laughs> <laughs> I know myself when I get upset. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to go in the bathroom and lock myself in the bathroom and cry. That's how I'm going to do it. I am, like, a seriously reasonable... That's not true. I'm I'm an emotional person as well. However... You know, you know, I wanted poor Adam. You know, he's dealing with the world as an eleven-year-old. Isn't sure how to get his friends on board. So all he knows to do is tell them what to do. But they're terrified at this point, and he is floating in the air. He floats up above the trees oh. and calls out to the four horsemen to come to him. So they, of course, are you know they in answer they show up in Tadfield. And but they didn't come to him. They went to where they wanted to. They went to, to where they, yeah. Well, they met, you know, first the four horsemen had to meet and have tea. But a spot of tea. And a spot of tea. And so they stopped and had a spot of tea um, at a restaurant. And um, and then when they were all together, 
they got on their on their not horses on their motorcycles because obviously the four horsemen of the apocalypse would drive motorcycles in twenty because they're bad the century. Yes, and you know I I love how regular the four horsemen are, or at least three of the four horsemen are. They're just you know they're just colleagues, work colleagues who yeah. meet and have a tea. I mean they're friendly. They're not buddy buddies, right? But there's that one who's kind of like lurking about, which would be death. Death, yeah. Um, and Sarah in the chat says. She does a lot of kids who are worse than Adam, because I was saying in the chat, was Adam super bad? Was he off the rail? And she's right. There are worse kids I've than Adam. I've seen worse kids totally. on IDTV. I know some like, of them. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were such a good complimentary mm-hmm. and the epitome of what I thought the forest men would be. And I love that they were on the motorcycles because, you know, a lot of motorcycles people call them hogs or they're motorized horses, which mm-hmm. is sort of what people thought of them. And I loved the detail of the design of yeah. each one. They each were one. very different, but the minute you saw them, I was like... I know who right. you, you could are. you could identify that one's that one's the one with the leak is pollution. <laughs> the one the one with the bones on it is death, you know? Like hey. I thought it was really good. And the blood red of war loved it. Loved it. Absolutely. I would so ride that if I had a sense of balance and had a motorcycle bike. I was not only I ride her anyways. bike, but her whole outfit, like everything war was doing in these two episodes these last two episodes. The red leather, the hair. I was there cute. for all I was of it. it. Yeah, I'm saying too. the evil people. Their style was on on point. point. <laughs> <laughs> so they say true. evil doesn't pay, but uh, well, but, it seems to be very stylish. But even evil do be a fashion week, okay? So let's get Watch that straight. That runway. So Shadwell, we left off last episode. Shadwell thought that he had. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word when you... Eradicate. Eradicate a devil, a demon. He thought he had exercised a demon with his hand. (laughs) So he goes back to his home. He's just dumbstruck. Madam Tracy is like, dude, what's wrong with you? Come in, sit down, lie down in, in her, what he calls her den of iniquity, which I love. And it was. It was a very stylish, incredibly large gentleman. Okay. I mean, I haven't been to London, but I know enough people who have. And that was a mighty big apartment. Huge spaces. Huge. Oh, my god! She must have had, like, two or three bedrooms in there. Dedicated to her little <laughs> friendships. I mean, I love how one, she was, like, a psychic for some food. Yeah, she's a psychic. Another one, she's, she's a dominatrix. Also a dominatrix. I mean, yeah. yeah. Girl, you know, you've put in that work. I love that the book makes a point of saying that... She used to be um, more Jezebelly than she is now. That she doesn't actually have to do a lot of sex work anymore. So <laughs> I thought that that was a really cute, like sort of addition from the book, so that they could, you know, to, to make it okay with 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 Shadwell that he's, you know, hanging out with her. But you know, so she has him lay down, and while he's laying down, she has a séance. Love that séance. I love the seance. She's got her. She's got four, three people who come for a seance. She's got Brenda, who's a regular. Brenda's been coming for years. Brenda wants to come because she has stuff to tell her husband Ron. And then she's got two other people who it's their first time. And she does the whole Madame Tracy deal where she's like, "Hold hands," and I'm going to channel a me, you know, an eight like a spirit. And she's very woo woo and makes all kinds of crazy faces. Which watching. <laughs> Those faces were like, come on, that's they're Mar- amusing. Was that Miranda Richardson? Is that is that? I can't a remember fool her name. And their money will soon be parted. Oh, 
Why can't I find some fools like that? I need some extra money now. Some extra money. Give me some. But while she's doing the seance, she also actually... Oh, wait. We skipped a part. Well, she actually receives, as a channel, she receives the angel Aziraphale. Because Aziraphale, you remember in the last episode, got pushed into or walked into the sigil on the ground that got him back up to heaven. Up in heaven... He's a little confused, but the quartermaster of heaven is like, dude, here's your uniform. Didn't I issue you a flaming sword? That flaming sword keeps coming back to haunt Aziraphale. He didn't even mention the flaming sword. He said, where's your damn body, buddy? Where's your body? Where's your body? Right. I issued you a body. I count them when they go out. I need it back when you come back. Aziraphale's body died in the process. It went poof. So he was disincorporated. Discorporated, so disintegrated. So then he's like, "Well, you know, the quartermaster of heaven's like, well, you can't like, you can't um, possess them. Like, you're not a demon." And and Azira feels like, "Well, wait, maybe, wait, maybe I can possess them." I mean, the demons are nothing but fallen angels. It's true. Hey. So why shouldn't they have the same power? So he touches Earth. He ends up on the planet. What I loved in the book. Uh, that they didn't get to show you in the show in the show is that he doesn't actually get to somebody uh, in England the first time he finds a body on Earth. So he ends up going to all these different places and all these different bodies around the world in the book, <laughs> um, and which is really funny. So, but I love he ends up landing in uh, in Madame Tracy's body while she's doing the seance, and. You know, Brenda's like, well, is my Ron there? And Aziraphale's like, well, sure. But, you know, I'm trying to save the world so you can talk to him for a moment. And then Ron shows up as in Madame Tracy's body and tells his wife, basically, shut the hell up. Shut up. Never had a word in edgewise. And even in death, you won't shut the hell up? <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Yeah, that was a hoot. But I thought that was really great. If you love us here at After Buzz TV as much as we love you, we will never tell you to shut up. Never. We want you to join us live and chit-chat, listen to us on Apple, to our podcast, watch us on After Buzz TV, give us five stars, and of course a thumbs up, because we love sharing our passion for TV with all of you. Now, we are so happy you're watching us talk about the good omens, but this will soon be ending. But there's no reason for you not to keep subscribing to our sci-fi channel because we have all the geeky TV shows that you want to watch and you want to join in the chat and talk to us about. So always leave a comment. We will respond. And of course, I've been on AfterBuzz TV for about two years. I cannot thank Kevin and Maria enough for this opportunity to share my passion for television with all of you. It has given me such a great way to meet new people, to share my passion with people across the world who are watching us. So thank you very much. Please subscribe to us. Please follow us. And of course, always leave your comments and join us live to chat because at After Buzz TV, we will always be buzzing you later. Ah, oh, that was beautiful. We love you guys. We love you. Hearts and kisses. Ooh, is that serious? Oh my gosh. So, meanwhile... Crowley realizes that he has to get out because he 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 doesn't know what's happened to Zirafel. He goes to a bar to drown his sorrows, but Aziraphel, disembodied, comes to visit him at the bar. Explains that the Antichrist is in Tadfield. I figured it all out. You have to go there. Crowley gets in his car, but 
Unfortunately, the M25, which is the highway that goes around London, is on fire. Fire! Nobody's getting in. No, nobody's, nobody's getting, getting out. out. So the M25 became uh, a ring of fire because Crowley designed it <laughs> back in the 80s. And, <laughs> and bad, he designed it to be the sigil of Odegra. Which means, hail the great beast devourer of worlds. God. So basically, the highway's a demon. <laughs> and Crowley at the time thought this was a great idea, because it was. I mean, how best to frustrate humans than to create additional traffic? Yes. And those of us who live in cities with big traffic, like here in L.A., traffic is just horrible, so we're always miserable. It's hell on earth. So we feel our M25 brothers and sisters in London... It's hard, man. So he can't get out, but he can't get out of London now because there's a ring of fire and um, not... And his perfect Bentley that he loves. Yeah. Loves it. That car is stylish. That car is a fine-ass car. Bought it fresh off the line, mint condition, no scratches. Yeah. But But what did he do for his best friend forever? Well, here's what happens. Haster gets out of the answering machine... Because a telemarketer calls and damn telemarketers, telemarketer calls and Hester goes through the phone line to the telemarketing place, kills all of them with maggots and is now restored to his body. He goes looking for because he's a because he's a douche and ungrateful, horrible. (laughs) So he goes to find Crowley, finds Crowley in his Bentley trying to figure out how to get off out of London. And you know what? Crowley's not having it. Crowley's like, you know what? I got it. I'm doing this. Because Crowley has, the voice of God tells us in the show, something that other demons don't have. Imagination. Imagination. And so, yes. So Crowley uses his imagination to imagine that his Bentley stays entirely intact and that he himself is okay as he drives through hellfire to get to his best friend. Hellfire! Now, what friends do you have that would drive through hellfire for you? You know? Let us know in the chat, and we'll tell you who our best friend forever is. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no fire hot enough to keep Crowley from getting to Aziraphale. Sing it, girl. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Because we ship them so hard. So hard. (laughs) Best friends forever. We really need them to. Love forever. Love. Love, love, love. So... So now, now uh, as he is in Madame Tracy's body, Shadwell wakes up from his nap and is like, what's going on here? Because Madame Tracy is speaking with two voices. She sounds like herself, and she sounds like the Southern Pansy, which is what Shadwell calls Aziraphale. So, hey! So, I love me my angel. Uh, you gotta love him. Sweetie. The cute Southern Pansy. I love it. Anyway, so... They actually convince, they they help Shadwell understand that the end of the world is happening and that he has to go kill the Antichrist. And the only weapons he has are a pin for pricking witches and a thunder gun. Thunder! Bring the thunder, darn That thunder gun was cool, though. It looked like a trumpet. It was like a trumpet with a gun on the end. And like some Bali thing. I don't know exactly what it was. It was very It almost looked like a musket, but like a modern modern for yeah. like maybe the early 1900s yeah. musket or something. It was very interesting. I should have looked up whether that was a real gun. 
It probably it might have been. Question. I don't know. Anybody who's got Google access at the moment or whatever search engine you use, look that Google, up you know, and see. Because you know you can't. All search engines are not Google, and we don't want to brand all. Of, anyway, whatever. I digress. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> so they all are on their way now to Tadfield to to try to stop the apocalypse. Meanwhile, Adam has summoned the four friends, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and he says to his friends, like, this is going to be great. I'm going to make sure you each get a section of the world. He's like, Pepper, you can have America. Um, Wensley, you can have uh, Europe and, and Asia, and, you know, someone else can have Africa. Like, like everybody, and Dog gets to have Australia. He's like, I'm going to make the world so much better, and we all get a part of it. Nobody wants a part of America. We're a mess over here right now. <sighs> We're struggling. And they, they like their hometown. Their hometown they love, is sweet. Yeah, yeah. Adam had enough nerve to give his hometown to his self. Yeah. Selfish Adam. That was. Selfish. That was. But it speaks to the fact that this boy obviously had a lovely childhood uh, in an idyll- idyllic, you know, Yes, I'd like to live in a little small village. With good parents and, a, and little friends. right? little friends. The dog. I would have required more flavors of ice As cream. As I. You need more I than need more three flavors. flavors. Absolutely. But other than that, it reminded me a lot of my small town growing up when I'd yeah. visit my great-grandparents. Yeah. So it was a, it's a it was cute so fun to visit. Hammet. Yeah. And I love that. I wouldn't live there because that's why I live in L.A. But it was <laughs> so cute. And his neighborhood watchman with his nosy behind. Mr. R.P. Tyler. Mm. Ah. No. Uh, Mr. R.P. Tyler is not about that life. So, he is not. No. Threatening to tell the dad, I'm going to tell, what are you kids doing? Yeah. What, where are you going yeah. in the middle of the, and they're like, like two to seven in the night, it's still daytime. We're, we're just out minding our business. Why are you all up in our business? It's not against the law for us to ride the bikes. Yeah. So at that point, though, they're friends again. But yes. before they become friends again, Adam is like, you know what? I don't need you guys. You can leave. So they run away from him. Yes. Adam chases after them. Even Dog was like, I am Dog not about out. your mess. <laughs> I am out. Deuces. <laughs> Dog. Deuces. Dog, who was originally the hellhound of the apocalypse, is like, you know what? No, not doing it. He's been so affected by goodness. Runs. Yeah, he's been... Well, he's also been affected by his true nature. Like, the whole point of being named Dog means that he's a dog. So he's yes. like, I'm not the hellhound anymore. Adam gets freaked out, goes after them. Um, and then his friends are like, we don't want to be a part of this. And they leave him. Yes. And it crushes Adam. And he just screams. Did you check that scream? That was letting out all the evil spirits and the influence that have been bubbling in his head and whispering in his ear. Because all of a sudden his friends were like, because you know you have a real good friend when your friend says, you know what, I got you, but no. Yeah. Not, no, this is not right. I need to tell you about yourself. I'm leaving. I'm going to go on. We can't be friends with you doing like that. And that's when you say to yourself, uh, when my best friend tells me I'm messed up, I've truly effed up. Mm Mm-hmm. I've effed up. You've really Dang. effed up. So Adam has really effed up, and his friends have told him. Yes. He has this screaming thing, and what happens when he has the screaming thing is he downloads all of the knowledge of what's been happening so that he really understands that he's actually affected the universe. He's affected mm-hmm. the planet. And the way they talk about it in the book, and it's so cool, in the book it's just a sentence, and he understood everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, cool. Like, all right, cool. So Adam gets it, but he doesn't really know how to fix it. No. 
So he tells the friends, go get your bikes, meet back here. We have to go to the Air Force Base. I love how the kids said, so you're going to destroy everything because the adults messed it up. It's our job to fix it. Right. I'm like, yes. Right. Children are our future, as Whitney said. Yes. Which I say saying. Yeah. Children are our future. Teach them well and let, let them lead, lead the way. way. Okay, sorry. Yes. You have to sing something. I love that was so that was such a good moment. It really was. And I love that the, each child had their little moment of this is what I bring to my friend table. Mm-hmm. And he listened to them. Yeah. Because despite what everyone keeps saying or everyone's first impression was, he might be the child of the devil, the biological child of the devil. But his nurture and his nature is from his parents and his friends and his going to school. And that's not the life he had. Yeah. I can't help but wonder how he would have turned out if (laughs) Crowley and Effie had been whispering in his ear all these years. I'm almost thinking he wouldn't have turned out as good. I agree. It's almost like the balance of both of them (laughs) made him an even even better kid. Like it kind of like evened him out in some way. Not having them... Doing all whispering this and whispering that. Him just being a person, being around other people and their frailties and their mistakes yeah. and their goodness and everything else. I think that is part of the parcel of what made Adam the kid that was able to scream out all the evilness. Yeah, yeah. And get back to being himself. Yeah. Which is a nice kid. Mischievous. Exactly. Yeah. a decent kid. And he said to his friends when he comes back to himself, I'm sorry, but I wasn't. Being completely myself, but now that I'm back to being myself, we have to go stop whatever it is I started. So they start going to the Air Force Base, which is when they meet up again with Mr. Tyler, the neighborhood watch guy, who is already kind of like in a tizzy because he's got not only the kids going to the Air Force Base, you've had the four horsemen of the apocalypse come through and ask for directions. And then after that... A dude in a flaming Bentley asked him for directions, which I loved. I would say that army guy, or whatever he was, was having quite the day. The secret <laughs> inspection, uh, the kids riding mm-hmm. through, Adam just going, poof, make the gates open. Yeah. They didn't even stop. He was like, no, nah, I don't know. Y'all don't talk to stranger. Stranger danger, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> then the angel, the witch hunter, and then the flaming car. Personally, I would have been like, you know what? F this, I'm out today. Yeah. And then, I'm on my break. And then he gets disappeared, so we don't even know what actually happens to the poor guy. He, Angel doesn't even know where he <laughs> sent him. He could have sent him to space. He was just like, poof. Yeah. I loved that. So at this point now, everybody's trying to get to the naval base. So Newt and Anathema are also <laughs> on their way there. But what I love about that guard at the naval base, he's actually sitting reading a book, and the book is American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Oh my god, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I was like, what book is that? Yeah. I oh, another so another cool. Neil Gaiman classic that has been turned into a television show that we also cover here at AfterBuzz TV. So if you are Ooh. not already watching American Gods, Go find it. It's so good. And watch the After Buzz after shows for it. But, you know, Flawless. whatever. Enough enough plugging of that. Um, <laughs> there's never enough plugging. There's never, never enough. Never enough plugging. So everybody's now converged at the Air Force Base. Uh, and it's 31 minutes to the end of the world. The four horsemen are there. Everyone's there. The four horsemen go into a control center and take control of all the electricity on the planet. 
It's the end of the world as we know it. And they are just killing people right and left. But when you think about it, if you are destroying the the world, it doesn't matter if you destroy the people in the the call center because, you know, hey. Everybody's going to die anyway. going to die anyway. But what did you think of? I loved that the Four Horsemen began to change. Their appearance began to change the closer they got to the work that they were doing, to what they were doing. So you saw that war started to bl- started to cry Tears, tears of blood. Of blood. Yes, that was and, really cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. You see that pollution has oil leaking out of her 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 eyes, and famine has big ugly teeth. The better <laughs> to bite you with, my dear. <laughs> so they're all changing, and they're 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 basically their plan is, um, we're going to unleash war on the entire planet, which will also unleash pollution because pollution's like. The Four Horsemen of Pollution is like, um, <laughs> nuclear weapons are fine, but <laughs> I have arsenic. <laughs> and so they release, they're going to release all this chemical warfare. All of the war and chemical warfare will obviously lead to famine. Mm-hmm. And then death does what death does. So they have a solid plan. And like death said, he's always been here. He never left. He's never going anywhere. So... They all are at the Air Force Base. Crowley arrives in his burning, flaming car. Stylish as usual in his little black ensemble. Always, always holding it down. And so, before we get to the sort of culminating events of this episode, let's do our special segment where we talk about angels, demons, and definitions. Special segment! Special segment! Well, today's special segment is all about Indian angels. Ooh. I don't know about any of you. I didn't know angels cross different religious um, um, the- theories or theologies. Yeah, or traditions. Traditions. Mm-hmm. And so with them, theirs are called something Diva, which is the Vedic religion of India and later Hinduism, where they're basically helping to guard people, pray for people, and promote the spiritual um, growth of people and other living beings like animals and plants. It's radically different from our angels or the angels that I grew up with. But I have to say, physically, personally, I've always found uh, the Hindu religion and their imagery of their gods to be simply beautiful. Absolutely. Like, so different from what I grew up with. Yeah. And their angels are very, very pretty people. <laughs> like, I was like, hmm, I could worship you. I could come with you. I don't know if I could give up beef, but, you know, I could do that. So it's a really interesting just reading about um, the shining ones, as they're called, that inhabit the higher astral plane. That is so They don't seem to have wings like ours do, though. And they don't have wings. They're, they're considered the divine ones, which I love. Divine. And um, I, I, I love the idea. And we've shown you some, I think, some pictures of Indian angels. Mm-hmm. So very let's pretty. also get into some news and gossip. So today's news and gossip I'm very excited about because Dr. Meredith Jace. Oh, news and gossip. Dr. Meredith J.C. Warren of the University of Sheffield will be accepting abstracts for an edited academic volume on Good Omens and the Bible. It's going to be peer-reviewed by February 2020, so everything must be put into her and sent to her by August 1st. And we will also be posting on our Twitter and Facebook accounts the information to be able to send it to her. 
but it looks like it's for people who are, of course, studying academics, academic right. so th- theologians, 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 Bible scholars. But I mean, what I love about it is that they're really interested in not just they're interested in like the interdisciplinary aspect of it. So people who are studying Jewish and Christian theologies, but also race, gender, sexuality, midras, folklore. Um, and it's like that's super interesting. And I went mm-hmm. to seminary. I have a Master of Divinity degree, and this is not my area of expertise, but I'm going to be posting this to all of my seminary geek friends because this sounds like a fun paper to write. I'm always fascinated how books are able to imbue pulp culture and education and how some education people or professors are able to really understand the importance of teaching of that Absolutely. and putting it into schools. But I am curious, what is Midrash? Midrash is um, it's not Midrash. 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 <laughs> My bad. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not Jewish, and I can't. I'm not going to speak to it. But Midrash is, um, I believe, the interpretive, uh, like the, the 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 books that have interpreted the Hebrew scriptures. Interesting. So, um, so I, and so it, it's where it's where like rabbis over the centuries have written things that interpret the scriptures, and so that is fascinating. That's what I believe midrash is. So, so Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, I bet we'll be getting some sort of PhD or something from a university, maybe one day. Maybe they may already have like some honorary doctorate degrees, or, degrees yeah. or something. They're both very clever and creative people. But it is. Fun. I mean, what I love, well, part of how I ended up loving this book or coming to this book in the first place is because I studied theology and, and, and all that stuff. I was like, oh, wait, a novel? Like a funny novel? And so it was, it, to me, when I first read it, it was maybe around the first time that I started seminary. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun because you get <laughs> theology and science fiction fantasy and all the good stuff together. It's a geek stream. This book, this, everything is. about Good Omens is a geek stream. I love it. I can't help but think that people who sort of want their children to have sort of a spiritual awakening, but not telling them what kind of uh, god they should worship or what avenue that they should arrive at their spiritualness, I can't help but think sometimes they give their like an older kid good omens for them to read to sort of talk about it. I remember when I was a child, my parents would have us read books and we talk about it. Yeah. And they wouldn't necessarily agree or disagree with us. I think it was so that they could teach us how to sort of think and how to push yeah, back how to from process teachers or whatever. the world. Yeah. And good omens. I mean, I have to reread it. I haven't read it in a long time. I do remember reading it and it blowing my mind because I'd gone to Catholic school and that was really the only religion I knew of. And I honestly thought when I was a kid, everybody was Catholic. So mm. I was wrong. Wow. Very so wrong. this is like, I mean, I think it's a great idea if you, if you're interested. I mean, it's not theologically or biblically sort of what we know of in terms of mainstream religions, but yes. it's wonderful. So I wish I could go to university of Sheffield and take a class with Professor I do, Warren. too. I think she'd we be should really reach out interesting. To her. Yeah. She seems like a really interesting person. We should reach out to her. She's awesome. So, okay. So, let's get back to Let's wrap up the show, because I'm so excited to talk no, about that. And I know. No. We still have one more episode to talk about after this. Well, okay. Okay. So, everyone's at the Air Force Base. So, Azzy, Shadwell, Madam Tracy, they arrive on the scooter. That... Azriel gave them like some super miracle like gave yeah he gave them some miracle help getting them from England to <laughs> Chatfield because 
the poor little scooter could only go 10 miles an hour. That wasn't going to make it. No, that was too uh, <laughs> Crowley arrives in his burning car, which, after he gets out of it, proceeds to crumble. <laughs> which was so heartbreaking, it made poor Crowley fall to his knees... Upset about the loss of his favorite car. I'd be upset too. Was a mint condition. I know, and I, I didn't love, even have a minute to mourn. He didn't because because no. then as he comes over, he's like, "Hey, there's a soldier here. We need you to. I need you to help with the soldier." And and Crowley's like, "Could you could you give me a second? I'm having a moment here." And I was like, "Yes." Always wanting Crowley to get his hands dirty, and he's always like, "No, I'm good, so I'm not going to do nothing." He's like, "No, dude. Yeah, no, no." So as he didn't know he had it in him, but snapped his fingers. Poor guard guy disappears. Don't know where he went. He could have made him sleep. Right. Well, he didn't know. It was his first time disappearing somebody. He'd never, you know, he didn't know. He usually does. He usually steps away from when it comes time. Yeah. It's a mess. For, for he, doesn't, he doesn't like to be involved in that. Yeah. So the kids are also there. All four kids are there. They go to the building where the four horsemen are. And Adam's like, this has to stop. Stop. So... Adam, like, waits for the four horsemen to come out, and while he's waiting, all these soldiers show up, and they're like, stop, why are you here? And Adam's like, you guys should go to sleep now. All of the soldiers should go to sleep now. And they do. Thank you. Adam, as a child, had enough sense to not make people to not disappear, disappear somebody. or kill them. He was right. like, you know what, dude, just, just sleep. Just I don't have nap. time for this. Take a nap. Like, he was a much, it was a much, um more loving way kinder gentler gentler way to handle the whole thing so this brings us to the end of the episode it does and so we're gonna say to you guys we're not even gonna get into what's happening what's gonna happen next because we're legit just gonna like close out this episode and come right back for the next one so if you're in the chat right now Make sure that you come back to the show. We're going to be in a different link, and we'll we'll you know look on YouTube for that, and we'll we'll so that because you can stay with us for the live discussion. Yes. If you're listening to us, please make sure to add your comments, to send us a message, let us know what you think, and if you're going to submit to doctor to the doctor's um, uh, call for papers. Yes. Let us know. Yes. We want to know if you're going to... And we would love to read your papers, too. So, need a proofreader, holler at your girl. section. A little... I'm not, not, not like a long ass. She's like, asking not, for like 2,000 This words. is because I'm like a geek and I like to read that stuff. So, but maybe maybe just send me the abstract. Yeah, I don't the need abstract. to read the whole thing. It might go over my head. I'm not as religious yeah. as I could be. So... We are going to see you guys on the next episode, episode six, the final episode of Good Omens, on the next After Buzz After Show. Hey, Cherry, where can people find you? Cherry underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me, Nikki Bailey, at Nikki Bailey underscore on all the social medias and at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. We will see you guys in a few minutes to talk about episode six of Good Omens. Yes. See you all. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 